Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Help yourself your And here we are once again, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show on the Wrestling Perspective Radio Network. I am the Mouth of the South Shore, Eric Cordova, and talk to me until about 10 o'clock tonight at the call-in number, 714-694-4126. We'll get you on the air. We'll talk WWE wrestling all the way through to there. And it is quite a homecoming for us. We started our career on the blog talk with the Dennis Farrell. And now we're back. Many, many years later, Dennis, of course, at the Wrestling Perspective show with Petey Williams. And we're glad to join all the shows here on the network. So it's been a long time coming. It's been a long and winding road. And in the words of the dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. And... Yeah, we are back. We're excited, and we are sponsored. So, let's get that out of the way. The Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code WPP. Just pay the $5 shipping. BlueChew.com. Now that we got that rocking and rolling, let's get to some more important things in life because, you know, sex isn't that important, right? Everybody. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the real important stuff. Dudes rolling around in their underwear. Also, women are pretty important on the show now. So it's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And like I said, if you want to get into it, you want to talk wrestling with us. Give us a call, 714-694-4126. And if I like you, I'll take you in the air. We'll see. So we get rocking and rolling. We'll get started. And we will talk about the biggest story in wrestling, which is the revamp, right? If you've been following our show, you know that I, I haven't been happy with wrestling at least not WWE wrestling that isn't called NXT. I've had my fair share of complaints. And going back to the show when it was on I-95, we were talking about the commentary getting stale and the feuds getting stale. And it seemed like WWE was acknowledging the fact that stuff was becoming stale. They were going, hey, we get it. Stuff isn't working the way that we want it to work. People aren't tuning in, and they got a huge wake-up call when they found out that ratings were at an all-time low. And when you say all-time low, the only time that's good is if you're, like, 21 and you're into, like, 
pop punk. It's the only time that's an acceptable thing, and that's a good thing. In this case, not a good thing. So, what do you do? Well, apparently, WWE's answer done was to roll out the McMahons. And the McMahons came strutting out. Vince came out, no chance in hell, right? And then Stephanie came out, I'm all grown up. I don't know what her song is now, whatever. I, and then Triple H came out, it's time to play the game, yeah. Right? And then, here comes the money, money talks. Here comes the money, 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 money. And now, we got the big four in the ring. The only thing we're missing was... Linda, of course, she's busy working on small businesses with the old Trumpmeister, WWE Hall of Famer, that's doing presidential things now. And, uh, yeah, we had the big four McMahons out there saying, basically, we're taking over again. Yeah, that was it. Not a lot of details, just we know you guys aren't happy, so we're taking over. Then Baron Corbin came out and killed everybody dead. And we spent a half an hour to remind people that Baron Corbin is no longer the host or is no longer the GM and is just a mediocre talent that he's always been. Yeah, I don't get it either. Like, I I really don't. But, I mean, what can I tell you? You know, it's... Thankfully, he's gone out of the role. But here's where I have the problem, right? Right? I'm, you know, I tuned in hoping to enjoy it. And, and there was a lot of things that it gave you hope, right? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are coming back. We got like five people that are potentially debuting on Raw and SmackDown. And those are quick fixes. They're not permanent fixes. Okay? I'm going to talk to you about the long game. Because the long game is important, my friends. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to relate it back to my personal life. See, you can be the type of guy or the type of gal that tomorrow night's Friday night. You go out on the town, you have a good time, right? Maybe you take somebody home, make some bad decisions. It happens. I get it. And it might be fun for a night. Might not be. Or you could play the long game. And you can meet somebody, you wine them, you dine them. You really get to know them, and then you save up a ton of money, put a ring on their finger, and away you go, right? That's the long game. Now, if you want to really find fulfillment, you know, I'm speaking from a place of I'm engaged to be married, and so is the co-host of this show, The Crab, who is not on tonight. He'll be back, and uh, we, of course, we wish him well. I know dealing with a uh, family issue we won't get into um, so just send your well wishes his way, but I'm all about the long game. I am all about not necessarily trying to do it right tonight, but doing it right for good, making positive changes. And while I'm excited to see my namesake make a debut on probably Monday Night Raw, I, I love me some EC3. I do. Lacey Evans, former military gal, making her way onto the main roster. Cool. Right? Heavy machinery. Great. We need more tag teams. Hopefully they'll be taken somewhat seriously, right? I I mean, we knew Lars Sullivan was coming. 
And Nikki Cross, love it. I love Nikki Cross. But if they become just like everybody else on the main roster, if they become exactly what is wrong with the main roster, then what have we solved? Again, harken this back to your personal life. If you dump a girl because she's crazy, and then you go, well, I I got her out of my life. I'm going to make my life better. And then you go and find a, a girl that's very similar and also is probably crazy. You're not doing better. You just replace crazy with crazy. And that's not good. So with that said, don't replace crazy with crazy. Don't replace the talent and pretend it's the talent. The Raw roster has a ton of talent. A ton of talent. I mean, let's be honest. It's probably one of the strongest rosters we've ever had. Uh, Wrestling in general has a ton of talent right now. So I don't want to pretend that they don't. And I'm not saying the people that are coming up do not have talent, because of course they do. Of course they do. But will they get showcased in a way that makes us believe in them and makes us want to watch them? I don't, I'm not convinced. Because what changed, right? At TLC, we had Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose get booed out of the arena. Two guys who a couple of years ago were the hottest stars in wrestling. They got booed out of the arena, called boring, and people asked for Becky Lynch. I mean, they're not wrong in doing that because Becky Lynch is awesome. But they asked for Becky Lynch. Crazy, right? Crazy. I know. I know. But they still should be able to hold an audience. That, my friends, is the key. If you can hold an audience, you're doing your job. And if Seth Rollins, who is still arguably one of the top talents in all of wrestling, can't do it, and Dean Ambrose as a heel, which everybody wanted... I don't know what hope we have. And I sort of feel stuck. Because here's the thing. I tuned into Monday Night Raw. And we got a continuation of that. We got a continuation of Elias and Bobby Lashley. And lucky for us, Bobby Lashley is still coming out and pointing to his buttocks and hoping that we care. Because it's everyone's favorite pose. Because it's all about being super mature in the world of WWE. And we got continuations of almost everything. And I'm not unrealistic. I understand that next week is going to be Christmas Eve and SmackDown's going to be on Christmas. And we're probably not going to start the big shows until January, whatever. I mean, not New Year's Eve, but like the show after that. It's like January 6th or whatever that is. I understand that. But if that's the case, why not do the revamp then? Why are you doing it now? 
because we had to address the audience and tell them how much we suck because we've hit an all-time low? I, I get it. But don't give us false hope and then be like, yeah, but really, you're not going to get a good show for like three weeks. Because this role wasn't that good. It, it just wasn't. And it's kind of sad to say because there's a lot of good wrestling out there, including SmackDown. And that's the other part, is that SmackDown was lumped in. But SmackDown is really good. It's not a bad show. So I don't really understand. And I can't understand and I can't explain why they would try to touch SmackDown. Thankfully, they didn't really make... Again, wholesale changes didn't happen other than, well, Paige is apparently out of a job, so that's a thing, but... SmackDown is good, and the thing that they're missing is it's not about the talent. It's about the writing. When the writing is interesting, you can have mediocre talent. Let's be honest. If you really look at the Attitude Era roster, which is when people were tuning in in droves, was it the most talented roster? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, it got more talented as we went on. Like, once you got into 2000, you had the Kurt Angles and, you know, Eddie Guerrero's and Chris Benoit's and stuff like that. But when you were in 1998, when the WWF took over the ratings again, you had Steve Austin at the top, you had Mick Foley, you had Undertaker, you had Kane. In the mid-card, you had Rock and Triple H. I know, that's a good, like, big six. Outside of that, a bunch of mid-carders. Not one person on that roster was anything at that point. You had Edge, who was a silent guy, so he wasn't anything yet. Yeah, Bradshaw eventually became a champion, but he was a nothing guy that eventually teamed up with uh, Farouk, right? You had a bunch of mid-card guys, and yeah, to different levels, some of them were talented, but I think the roster now is every bit as talented, if not more so, and yet people are tuning out. It's because of the writing And I'm not going to claim that I could write everything 100% better. Maybe I can, maybe I can't. I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend I know. I'm a writer, but I'm not a WWE writer. In fact, I was at work, and someone asked me, did you ever apply or try to work at WWE? And I was like, well, the only position that would appeal to me is writer or manager. Because I can't imagine myself being a talent, that, that wouldn't work. <laughs> like, I, I know 205 Live's a thing now, but no. Just take one look at me. You'll understand why. Um, but I figured, you know, if I was going to do it, it would be writing. Uh, but I know that it's a thankless job because if you try to get into writing with the McMahons at the helm, guess what? Whatever you write is going into the crapshoot, and they're going to go, we're going to do what we want anyway. And that's the problem. And all those same things, all those same tropes that I've complained about every week, like it's boss time and Balor Club is here and blah, 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 blah. All this stuff that annoys the fans, they're still doing. They're not not doing that. They're not actually getting away from the stuff that people don't like. And at the end of the day, we had an hour-long match with the women. 
which is great for the women. Not great in the fact that we had the eight women that are already on the show, and the least exciting one won the match in Natalia. And I understand she's had a difficult year. If you tune into the uh, the Total Diva show, I'm sure you heard all about Natalia and losing her father because that was the final episode of the season. Good show, by the way, and you really should tune into into the Total Diva show because, well, I think it's a better show right now than Raw. So if you want to hear feedback on something that's actually interesting, go tune into that show right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. But that is the big problem, my friends, is that at the end of the day, what really changed? What really changed? I, I mean, we're not getting the changes that we need to see. We have the same feuds. We have the same stories. And I know there's hope on the horizon because we're going to get back some pretty good talent and we're going to bring up some pretty good talent. But if they just fall into exactly where we've been, we screwed. And it's not going to get better. So am I really in a position to say, wow, like they did a great job on Monday Night Raw. I loved it. No, I'm not. SmackDown, yes. SmackDown was a really good show. It really was. And we'll get into that after we finish with Raw. And I understand people pop for a lot of stuff on this Raw. I do. But we we got to get somewhere because we didn't get anywhere other than telling people, yeah, in three weeks it'll be good. I'll tell you one thing I did like on Raw, though. This, if they do more of things like this, maybe they'll pique my interest. And that is, they had an intercontinental title match live on Raw, and it was not Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. It was Dean Ambrose versus Tyler Breeze. Now, if you're saying to yourself, well, but Tyler wasn't going to win. Yeah, that's the point. Throughout the history of wrestling, there have been champions that have defended against people that clearly had no shot at winning. If I'm not mistaken, The Rock once defended against Al Snow. I think Steve Austin once defended against, like, the Hurricane. Like, guys that clearly weren't going to win the world title. And you ask yourself, well, why even do the match if, the, if you know who's going to win? Okay. What if I told you there was a 1% chance it could actually happen? If you had that, glimmer, that small glimmer of hope, you might be like, you know what? I'm intrigued. There is. There always is. But more than that, it's a fresh matchup. It makes Tyler Breeze look good, and he's not going to lose anything by losing to a guy that's higher on the totem pole than him anyway. It's not like it hurts these guys to have losses. It does hurt the people in the feuds or in major feuds. Like if you had Dean Ambrose fight Finn Balor, who's in a feud with uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler, and Finn got beat, and then after the match got beat up, it, it would destroy him. Like it would not be good for him. Tyler Breeze isn't doing anything of importance. So you give him what? They give him eight minutes to show off a little bit? And then take a pin? What's wrong with that? I love stuff like that, and I hope they do it more. I mean, we got plenty of guys like that. Right? I mean, 
what we have Zack Ryder, we got Mojo Rawley, we got Kurt Hawkins, just tons of guys you could throw out there for an intercontinental title match for oh for a world title match. Well, you know, if Brock Lesnar was here. Say what you will about Roman Reigns. But at least you can get things like that on the show. And, and I'm not anti-Brock Lesnar. I'm anti-Brock Lesnar being champion, my friends. Because if you're the champion, if you're, if you're not there, what are people fighting over? That's why you have stuff like the Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre stuff continuing. Because McIntyre can't do anything else until Brock comes back, really. I mean, he could but they're not ready to move people on to new stuff. Yeah. So we got a lot of the same old, same old with raw because that's what we do. And it's fine. It's not good, but it's fine. And we'll go with that. Anyway, we had then the gauntlet match. Thankfully, it was a, only a little about Stephanie, and then she went away. Because Lord knows I cannot, I can't do it anymore. The woman has three daughters. I, I give her credit for giving birth to them. I do. But for the love of everything holy in whatever religion that you need to follow at this time of year, I can't have her taking credit for more stuff. And thankfully, she didn't really. She just kind of left. And now, next week, we're going to get the title match. Let's move on. Because, again, Raw was what it was. If you have hope and you think I'm wrong, call the show. 714-694-4126. You give us a call. We'll take you on the air. And before we move on to SmackDown, SmackDown Live, of course, with Paige no longer being the GM. We have a spoiler for SmackDown. We got all sorts of stuff to talk about there. And, of course, what's left of NXT now that you lost six talents, five if you make the tag team just one. But before we get there, we got to talk about sex. I'm talking about good sex, my friends. <laughs> now, you, I mean, do you remember, like, the days where you were always ready to go? Q Kravitz with the Cordova is old, and this applies to him joke. It's not just about being old, it's about being good. And now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable... They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. I really should do this in a Valvenus voice. There's no way to not do this in a Valvenus voice. But anyway, the good news is that they're prescribed online and they ship straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Now they're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Now, right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code WPP. 
Just pay the $5 shipping. So remember, my friends, if you want to jumpstart your download part, make sure to check out BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code WPP to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, and faster in so many ways choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the network. And so, we get back to our regularly scheduled SmackDown talk. It's SmackDown Live. And good news is there, we didn't change a whole lot other than Paige's out. Which kind of sucks, because I like Paige. Like, I'm not down with this. Well, we don't need GMs. I, I, I agree. And I've been saying for years that they don't really need GMs. Not really. I mean, I hope that the hands-on approach that the McMahons have mean that they're just not going to show up and they're just going to say, oh, the McMahons did all this stuff tonight. That would be great. But I wanted to point out the differences between SmackDown and Raw so you understand just why it's that much better a show. Instead of having 20 minutes and embarrassing the leader of the show of which they didn't have to because Paige has done a good job. Two minutes, in and out, in the back. Shane gave a pep talk. We go off to the show. Two minutes. That's it. It's all you need, isn't it? So says BlueChew.com. No, I'm kidding. We already did that. But (laughs) we went right to the talent. Shane didn't hog up the spotlight. We went to the talent and we started with the most popular talent on the show, Becky Lynch. So we're moving into that. And actually, Vince made a guest appearance quickly. So fine. Vince sets up a quick match with uh, Naomi and Asuka, which, again, is perfect because Naomi was champion like a year ago. Asuka and Naomi were friends. Let them have fun with each other. 12-minute match. Naomi is very capable of having a good match, and she's a credible win that Asuka can get under her belt. These are good ideas. Naomi doesn't lose a damn thing by losing to Asuka. She doesn't. I mean, she's still a good talent. She's still dangerous. Asuka is the current champion. So it's not a big deal for her to lose. And she's not one of the other two girls that has to win by DQ or get a fluke pin to set up another match. No. We make the champion look good because... Well, she hasn't for a few months. So that's a good call. So, and we get the whole Miz nonsense thing. And, you know, you know me. If you've been listening to the show for years, you know I love the Miz. I know this is leading toward Miz and Shayna Mania. I hope it's good. I don't know if it will be. I mean, just let the Miz be the Miz. I don't know. Um, We still have the Jeff Hardy Samoa Joe stuff. At least there's emotion there. So we're doing that. Then, of course, the tag match, and here's the, the good things I want to point out. Mustafa Ali is officially a SmackDown superstar. And there's only one thing to say about that. And I think it's perfect this time of year. <clears throat> hallelujah! 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 Hallelujah. WWE figured something out. That Mustafa Ali is very popular 
very good at what he does, and 205 Live sucks. Not the show itself. The show itself is entertaining. But WWE was falling into that trap where if they saw a guy that was 205 pounds, they stuck him on 205 Live and forgot about him. And those guys, no matter how entertaining they are, would never get the call-up. It shouldn't even be a call-up, right? Because it's supposed to be its own show. But they wouldn't get to fight main roster guys when 205 Live started. It started as a show and also as a subsidiary on Raw, right? It had its own segment with its own ropes. And you were basically telling people, these people are different. They'll never compete with the Roman Reigns and the Seth Rollins and the Brock Lesnar's of the world. They stink. Okay, they don't stink, but they're small. They're different. And that's exactly the type of thing that doesn't work. Now, I'm not saying that Mustafa Ali, who's probably about 190 pounds, should believably be beating up Braun Strowman. I'm not saying that. But you put him in the right matches against the right talent, and right now your champion is about 225 pounds. So there's no reason that he can't be there. And now he is, and you're getting entertaining stuff out of it, which is really cool. So I can dig it, sucker. And so at the end of the day, Mustafa Ali is now on the roster. We might get some other people on the SmackDown roster, but that doesn't matter because they're utilizing their people, right? We got the women rocking and rolling. We got some interesting stuff. Daniel Bryan is doing some interesting stuff. I actually really like what he's done because he's a different person in the ring than he is on the mic. And he's almost like his own version of CM Punk as a bad guy where he's doing stuff that theoretically is good, right? CM Punk was straight edge. Theoretically, that's good. I mean, you shouldn't be doing drugs and alcohol, right? Like these things are actually bad for you. So I'm not going to come down on anybody who actually steers clear of them, specifically people who have addiction in their family, whatever the case may be. However, the way he was condescending about it and had this holier-than-thou attitude because he was straight edge is what made it work. And Daniel Bryan is channeling the same thing with, like, conservationism and veganism and acting like he's smarter than everybody, quoting famous people. This week it was Isaac Asimov. I like it. So he's basically talking down to everybody and acting like his own version of like a like a Berkeley douchebag in a way. Like he found a character that made sense to him. And herein lies the crux of why Daniel Bryan is a main eventer and why a lot of people aren't. There's a lot of people out there that can play a character. They can play a role. Whatever role you give them, they'll play it. But then there are some that will make a role their own, and they will run away and hide and do amazing things. Those are the type of people that become the leads in movies. Those are the type of people that become main eventers in wrestling. Those are the type of people that succeed in life. 
And I'm not trying to disparage anybody else in WWE or in any profession for that matter. But when you're given an opportunity, you either run with it or you don't. And in Daniel Bryan's case, he's doing it. He found something that works. If he was just like, I'm anti-people now because you guys weren't with me, it would have worked for a little bit. But he needed to find something that would continue to resonate. It couldn't just be a stretch of the truth, which is that the people weren't supporting him. That's not really true. Yeah, delusional people think that. It's not really true. So, I bring to you the champion Daniel Bryan. He teamed with Andrade Cien Almas against AJ Styles and Mustafa Ali. So, the biggest person in that match was like AJ Styles. Not one person there, I think, was taller than six feet. And these, these were your main event talents. I know it wasn't the main event match, but these are your main event talents. So, I can tell you that, at least with SmackDown, they are experimenting and trying things. And they're trying to maximize the guys they have. I like it. I, I was digging it. And I hope to see more of it. And I don't know where that leaves us for WrestleMania. Like, I don't know who Daniel Bryan is going to fight. I honestly have no idea. I kind of dig that I don't know. I mean, maybe it is one of these people. I, I don't... Maybe it's a raw guy that comes over. There's so many different options. But I think they've done a good job of having stories that people can sink their teeth into. So moving on, we also, of course, at NXT this week. I've done too much as far as recapping. Because I could recap a ton of stuff. We all know NXT is freaking good. Probably the best wrestling program on television. I don't have to sing its praises every week for you guys, do I? I hope not. If you want to talk about it, you know, give it give me a call. 714-694-4126. And But I gotta tell you, it's interesting to be sitting here at the end of the year and in years past there have been these big January shows and I don't know if that's going to happen and here's why I am all for return vignettes sometimes not all the time sometimes Here's what I think is forgotten. What really will make people tune into a wrestling show is expecting the unexpected. Meaning, if you did stuff every week that surprised people, and I know you can't do a big return every week, but if you did a big return, if you did a big storyline twist that, oh man, I missed that. That would have been really cool to see. Well, you should tune in next week. Maybe there'll be another one. And there's always stuff happening. That will get us where we need to go. That is what they need to do. I, on the other hand, need a co-host. And next week we'll get him. My voice is getting tired, my friends. I'm going to stick with it. We're going to make it to 10 p.m., my friends. I'm going to do it. Because it's almost the end of the year. Next week, we'll do a full-on like year in review or whatever nonsense you guys want to do. 
What I'd like to do for the final 20 minutes here is I want to pick out the best moments of the year. And it's weird to think about because a year is a long time. Like it's, it's a long time, but it's not a long time. To give you an idea of what I mean, Ronda Rousey debuted this year. She debuted the Royal Rumble this year. Would you call that a top moment? I probably would. It's amazing to think where we've come. We had a very long WrestleMania. We had a, the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. That was this year. We had Asuka, who ends the year as a champion, most likely. We had her challenge for the championship. At WrestleMania, putting her undefeated streak on the line and losing it because WWE sucks. Yeah, I'm still bitter about that one. You know, the Shinsuke thing and turning heel, I don't care. Don't care. But Asuka, who had this mystique of, I can't lose. And it was amazing. And then she lost. And now she's champion and it's... They're going to try to build her back up, but just the mystique is gone. It's just not there. Okay? It's just not. But certainly a, a cool moment to have that happen, of course. The Shinsuke Nakamura heel turn. It was an interesting year. What I'd like to do is I want to offer you this. We're going to talk about it more next week. Either tweet at us at MOTSS Radio or message us in the Facebook group, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show. And like the page if you haven't yet. Follow us on Twitter. If you haven't done either of those things, do it and make sure to let us know what your favorite moment of 2018 was. I am going to tell you what mine was. Mine was very simple. It was the rise of Becky Lynch. And I want to talk about what made that work. This is what I wanted to end the show on. You want to know what really worked in 2018? You want to know what made 2018 not the worst ever? Becky freaking Lynch. Here's why. It fed into real emotion what happened with Becky Lynch because people have liked her. She's a genuinely likable person. She does the puns, and she's just been real with people. She put herself out there as herself, and it got her over. She was an over babyface. Not as much as now, but she was still over. To the point where... When she won the number one contenders match right before SummerSlam, everyone was excited. Finally, Becky Lynch is getting the title shot, and there's a good chance, because she's fighting freaking Carmella, that she's going to win. There's a really good shot at that. And I was excited. I was one of those people. 
And then Charlotte comes back. I think, what, they botched her, uh, like her implant busted or something like that. And now she comes back, and she's Charlotte Flair. So, of course, she has to be in the title match. So, I know that WWE had us by the brass balls when they pulled this off. They knew that we'd react this way. They had to. Maybe they didn't. But I tend to think that WWE is a little bit smarter than we give them credit for. Do I think they're dumb from, at time to time? Yes. When they don't listen to the fans, they're being dumb. Now, they said they're gonna on Monday Night Raw. We'll see. I don't think so yet, but with Becky Lynch, they absolutely did. Because they did the thing that we would hate the most, which was Charlotte stole the pin on Becky Lynch. Nobody wanted that. Nobody. No matter what they do, Charlotte is the female Roman Reigns. She's never going to be as popular as they want her to be because they spent way too much time hyping her up as the greatest thing since sliced bread. Whereas Becky Lynch, that's our girl. She's ours. We like her. We chose her. And you're going to have Charlotte come back in and win the title? We are not going to accept it. Neither was Becky. Lays the smackdown on her. Becky becomes the most over superstar in WWE. But she's kind of supposed to be a heel. Right? That was supposed to be a heel turn. And people popped for it like you wouldn't believe. I mean, you could believe it because you saw it. But then she started to evolve into a different Becky Lynch. A more serious Becky Lynch. That's going to grab the brass ring. That's going to climb the ladder and stay there at the top. And look down upon everybody and say, hey, I made it. Join me up here. And it was awesome. And they tried different things with her. You know what the one thing about Becky I never liked was? Her outfits always sucked. Like, I get it. You want to experiment with what you wear. But her outfits were terrible. Just awful. I have loved what they've done with the character. She's now wearing, like, the tight jeans. And, you know, the cut-off shirt. And she's got the muscles and stuff, and, and it just works for her. And it makes her look like, like a badass, like she's tough. And that's the whole thing. She's tough, but we like her. Okay? We haven't had a character truly like that probably since Austin. Austin was tough, but he was one of us. He was a working man. And she's worked hard to get where she is. We relate to her on a similar level. And I think her popularity can get there. I really do. It's getting there. Now, we hit a little blip on the radar because we did the whole thing with the Ronda Rousey, which was amazing. But Ronda, and not to her fault, Ronda isn't Becky Lynch as far as a promo. And the thing that's made Becky Lynch a great promo, she experiments on social media. So she'll just tweet out stuff. Oh, the man did this, right? And all of a sudden, the man took off. That's her nickname now. Stole it from Ric Flair. To be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! Right? Stole it right from there, fighting her daughter. But she just says what's on her mind. Like, I'm not going to be stopped. I'm this and that, right? WWE is not telling her what to say on Twitter. There's no way. Because they're not that creative. (laughs) Whereas Ronda Rousey, she's cutting promos that WWE tells her to cut. As far as I'm concerned, she might as well be cutting the cheese. Honestly. 
I mean, she talks about, oh, Becky calls herself the man. Really, she's a millennial man with her skinny jeans and her avocado toast. I'm like, I have never once heard her talk like that. It would be one thing if she was portraying a millennial, but it just came out of nowhere to say something like that. And it felt like some writer just wanted to make fun of millennials for some reason. And it was just lame. It was lame. And you're taking the quote-unquote baddest woman on the planet. And by the way, you don't have to refer to people by their nickname every time you refer to them. Steve Austin was not always called the Texas Rattlesnake Stone Cold Steve Austin. Every now and again, he might be. When it made sense, like when he attacked somebody, maybe they would do that. But not all the time. WWE seems to think that that's the only way to get people over. Welcome the hugger, Bailey. No, just, just call her Bailey. Right? And hugging's not even like a big part of what she does anymore. But if she does, oh, look at that. You know, her shirt says, I'm a hugger. Or hugging's my business. Or whatever she's wearing. You don't need to tell people she's, quote unquote, the hugger. A, it doesn't sound very tough. Right? Please welcome the man. Please welcome Stone Cold. Welcome the hugger. The hugger? If you're going to be fighting in matches, the hugger is not exactly the best nickname you can get. You know, what's next? We're going to bring out a bushel out of Peck Paula. How about that? Yeah. How about Tony Tuchus? Yeah, let's get her out there. Woo! How about Pansy Paul? Yes! He's going to be great. Pansy Paul, that's who you should be afraid of. Pansy Paul fighting this, what do they call him, the Swedish psychopath? I don't know, something stupid, Drew McIntyre. Just call him freaking Drew McIntyre. Look at the damn guy. You don't need to call him anything else. Call him Drew McIntyre. You don't have to try to get over the Scottish psychopath. A, it's ridiculous. And B, he's never called himself that, and nobody else has. And it's not organic. Like, the Texas Rattlesnake thing was organic. JR just came up with it one day. I mean, like, I've just had enough of that kind of nonsense. But, yeah, you can't force that stuff. What made Becky Lynch work was she felt real, and the stuff she was saying felt and continues to feel real. Ronda Rousey is getting turned on because they see her fitting into the WWE machine. She is a cog in the wheel. People don't want to feel like they're watching a cog in the wheel because they thought that Ronda Rousey would be something special. Brock Lesnar maintains an aura because they feel like Vince can't control Brock Lesnar. He shows up whenever he damn well pleases. Paul Heyman says whatever he damn well wants to say. There's no controlling them. And he keeps taking the title, and it seems like they don't want him to do that because he keeps leaving. That can't be good for business. So there's an air of unpredictability there, and you feel like it's genuine. Like, I don't fool myself into thinking that Brock Lesnar is someone that loves wrestling. I know he doesn't. I know he's there for the money. And they play that into the character. That's fine. Ronda, they're playing her as the good girl. Well, I love wrestling. And I 
am stopping MMA so I can live my dream as, as a wrestler, but I'm still tough as nails. Okay. That's all fine and good. But the problem there is that I know she may not be the best promo in the world. And this is why it might have been beneficial to give her a mouthpiece. Yeah, it might have felt similar to Brock, and I get why they didn't. But if you're not going to give her a mouthpiece, and she's not the worst talker in the world, but if you're not going to give her a mouthpiece, at least let her be organic. Let her talk. Just tell her you can't curse. You can't do certain things. But let her talk. See what happens. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? Nothing. What, is she going to botch a promo? It can't be any worse than the one she has now. Of course, with all that said, the most anticipated match WWE has right now is Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Not Charlotte. And I know that they did the finish at TLC so they can allude to it could be either one of them that Ronda was going after. We don't know who she was going after. Because WWE probably hasn't decided which one of them should be in that match. They may even go with a triple threat. They might. I guess I'd be okay with it if Becky wins. But I prefer the one-on-one. I prefer the Becky and Ronda were supposed to fight. They never got to. Now we're going to get to see it. Now we're getting the match we really wanted to see. Because they made it something that was worth seeing. Ronda on Twitter is actually pretty good. You know, she'll get at people on there. I'm still iffy on Twitter on whether or not it should be a continuation of storyline or if it should be more like the real personalities. I get it when they're trying to continue stuff. So I'm not going to I'm not going to kill it too badly. I don't know. Either way, I'm excited about the prospect of 2019 being the year of Becky Lynch. Because I loved her rise. It, it, we haven't had one of those since Daniel and Bryan. And I don't know if there's somebody else out there. Where you, you never know. The real answer is you never know who it's going to be. And that's what makes it great. But I'm excited that this year was the year that she finally took the reins and ran with it. Because we've been talking about the women's revolution and all this kind of stuff forever now. When this show first started, back when when we were on the Fantasy Sports Network and we were the only wrestling show, back in 2010... All the things that we talked about then are happening now. Women's Royal Rumbles, Women's TLC, Women's Hell in the Cell. Basically, all I said was, if it's good enough for the boys, it's good enough for the girls. And if you want people to take the women seriously, put them in those matches and don't act like it's weird. Just do the matches. And I think we're finally getting there because nobody hyped up the TLC match. Other than it's going to be a great match. And it main evented. We didn't have to oversell the idea that it was going to main event. 
We didn't have to act like women don't belong in this match. And wow, how forward we are about it. They just did the match and it was really good. It's the expectation now. When the expectation is, it should be good because these are talented people rather than, well, those are the women. It has no business being good, but it kind of was. No, now the expectation is we expect you to put on entertaining matches just like everybody else. That's real equality, my friends. We're not a political show, but if you want to get political, that's equality. When the expectation is exactly the same. And I don't know if the women are going to main event WrestleMania this year. Heck, I don't even know if that's a good idea. Not because they don't deserve to, but because WrestleMania is like eight hours now. To the point where it's in New York, or New Jersey really. And I don't even think I want to go. Because it's just going to be so long. Like, yeah, I, I want to go because it's mania. But it's really hard to sit through a show that's that long. And I don't know if I can do it. Especially if it's one of them cold days. You know, because right now, it's like 50 degrees out. And that's about as low as it, I could get to sit outside. I, You know, other people are better than me at that. I can't do it. It's not for me. So, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Either way, I think you're almost better being like the mid-card main event. And I don't mean the mid-card like you're... I just mean like you're in the middle of the card. Because you're going to get worn out, man. When you're watching seven hours of wrestling, the main event is like, oh, we finally made it. We finally made it to the end. It's like how I feel about Marvel movies. Oh, he said it. Oh. Yeah, I said it. I'm not a big fan of Marvel movies. Have a problem with it? Tweet at us. Facebook us. Do something. Tell me why I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. Marvel movies are not funny. Oh, what did he say? Yeah, I'm saying it. Because opinions are fun. But here's the cool thing. We're almost to the end of our show. I'm really excited to be a part of this partnership again, of course, with the Wrestling Perspective and with Blue Chew. And we'll see who else we're willing to bring on as far as sponsors. Uh, We'll see if we have some news on that in the coming weeks. In the future, we will, of course, be joined by the Crav. And we'll see who else we want to bring on here. Uh, You can expect potentially some guests from time to time. You can expect maybe just some audio interviews that we get from time to time. But if there's something that you'd like to see, or better yet, like to hear, because nobody wants to see this, trust me. If there's anything you do want to see, social media is your friend. You get at us there. As I said before, at MOTSS Radio on the Twitter and the Instagram, Mouth of the South Shore Radio Show on Facebook. Join the group. Like the page. Let us know what you think. What do you want to hear? Do you want more interviews? Do you want more crab? Don't say that. The crab sucks. No, actually, we wish the crab well. Like I said, again, he should be 
on the show in the coming weeks. Hopefully he'll be on the year-end show next week so we can wrap up the year and I can give him some crap about it. It's going to be a good time. So when, when it's the two of us, it's just the two of us making fun of each other, just the two of us. And he'll tell me not to sing, which is a good thing for everybody involved. We'll do all that next week. So for now, we've come to the end of our long and winding road. And the words of the dead, what a long, strange trip has been. I've given you the things to like. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the Wrestling Perspective Network. Of course, our flagship show, Wrestling Perspective with Dennis Farrell and P.D. Williams. They're going to give you everything they can. We're expecting some new shows to debut. But for now, make sure you check out all the great programming we have throughout the week. And again, a thank you to our sponsor, Blue Chew. And until next time, I am the mouth of the South Tour, Eric Cordova, telling you to stay dry, to stay warm, and have a wonderful holiday. We will see you next Thursday. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.